In 2015, the city of San Diego installed thousands of cameras on streetlights across the city. When it was announced, the city said it was part of a plan to get a step ahead on the coming technological revolution when 5G technology becomes more available. But, so far, the only agency managing to use the cameras and data is the San Diego police. That's why civil liberty groups and cybersecurity advocates are concerned. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Josh Emerson-Smith, you're an environmental reporter for the Union-Tribune, and recently you wrote a story about these surveillance cameras that are around the city. Why don't you describe what these things are? Well, these are cameras that are installed in street lamps, uh, more than 3,000 now, and by next summer the city plans to have 4,200 of them. So what do they look like? They look like just a normal street lamp, except if you look closely, there's a camera there. And they have a little antenna on them as well to transmit information. So what kind of data is stored in these little smart streetlights? Well, video, right? Mm-hmm. So you got video there, but then you also have the ability to collect sound through microphones, which we're told by the city they're not currently using. And then there's other sensors as well. So there's sensors to measure humidity and temperature. um, And they're also using the video to create metadata of how many people are crossing a particular intersection at any one time, the direction they're going, the speed they're going. Um, Are they walking? Are they biking? Are they driving a car? So what was the original intention for this project when these were installed around the city? So this was back in 2015, 2016. The city said they wanted to swap out their street lamp bulbs for LEDs to save on electricity bills and Mm -hmm. also um, to just have a a more um, up-to-date network of street lamps that could be... Uh, remotely monitored. So Mm -hmm. if a bulb goes out, rather than having to drive a car around, these new street lamps with their LED bulbs and their transmitters will tell you it's out, you got to fix it. That's supposed to save on um, resources as well. Mm -hmm. So when did it get to the point to which they chose to get these smarter ones that have the ability to gather more information? Apparently, the vendor, the contractor, General Electric, said hey, you know, we've got this new uh, product. Would you like to be part of this pilot? There are these super smart street lamps, and they can allow you to do a number of things. We're not really sure exactly what you'll use them for in the future, but the possibilities are wide open. Everything from you might be able to develop an app that tells people where open parking spots are. Uh, We might even get to the point one day when the street lamps can take the temperature and the humidity outside and talk to buildings and the air conditioning units, computers that control the the AC units in buildings. So Mm -hmm. the idea is it's kind of just like wide open, whatever you want to use it for. So are these strong enough to kind of deal with, you hear a lot of talk about 5G and interconnected smart everything. Are these advanced enough to handle that when that is available? Right. And I think they will only be able to reach their full potential when that is available. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is kind of cutting edge stuff. And San Diego was uh, bragging a little bit on their website about how they're one of the, the 
places to have this huge network of these smart street lamps. Mm -hmm. And these also have proven useful in investigating crime. Why don't you explain that? Well, I think it's fair to say they've only proved useful in investigating crime Mm -hmm. so far. Uh, We haven't really done anything with them other than maybe counting some bikes on one bike lane uh, somewhere downtown, although it's not even clear if that program's up and going. Mm -hmm. The parking app hasn't really launched yet. This metadata is available to web developers, and they can do whatever they want with it. But since 2016, we don't really know what other benefit that these things are providing. Um, although eventually they should be able to automatically dim as the as the sun comes up and the whole thing's supposed to save on money. But then last August, the police were investigating a crime that happened in the gas lamp. Uh-huh. And when they were canvassing the area to look for cameras to say, OK, is there any evidence of what happened? Uh, a number of the investigators saw there's a camera in the street lamp right above where a fatal shooting happened. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the first case they ever used uh, to they use the the footage for. Mm -hmm. And when you hear about surveillance and cameras, people make the connection to 1984 Big Brother. On a scale of one to ten, this is the extremely ridiculous thing that people say online. And it's just totally normal. Where would you put this in, in that kind of range of how concerned should we be with privacy? Well, uh, I guess I can just explain the system a little bit more. The Mm -hmm. cops have used this uh, more than 140 times now, or in in more than 140 cases since uh, August. Mm -hmm. And they say that they're useful. They've been extremely useful in 30 to 40, as up to 40% of cases, they've been extremely useful. And they have a number of good examples. You know, I talked to investigators where they were really able to kind of come up with evidence that they wouldn't have had absent the streetlights. And there are some kind of internal protections uh-huh. that are in place. Yeah. Uh, one is that the cameras overwrite, out, overwrite the footage every five days. So the footage isn't kept forever. It has to be downloaded with a specific crime, and then it becomes evidence. But just the general recording day-to-day, that all gets erased every five days. And then the police department says, well, we're only using this for the most serious crimes. We're only using this after the fact. There's no one in a room monitoring, you know... 12 screens and like watching every corner, right? And that's what everyone assumes when they hear this kind of thing. Right. So it has to be like there was a shooting. We went. We said, okay, we want to pull that footage. And it's only the investigating units that have have direct access to the footage, although Mm -hmm. that is like 100 different officers. Yeah. Now, it can other members of the police department's 1,800 sworn officers can get access to it, but they have to go through like the proper channels and request it. Um, so all that stuff's in place. And yes. no one at the city, as far as I know, has access to just download footage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some safeguards in place, although they're all just internal policies, right? Like yes. they could change at any time. Mm-hmm. Or we don't know if if it's been abused, right? Yeah, there's or no what the punishment. Record. Or, yeah, what punishment was handed out if someone, say, 
if an officer was spying on their ex-girlfriend or some kind of horrible scenario like that. Mm-hmm. So at after hearing all that, who are raising the red flags? Right. So the people raising the red flags are the American Civil Liberties Union and the San Francisco-based Electronic Frontier Foundation. And they say, okay, it's all well and good. You have this surveillance network in place and you have some restrictions on how it can be used, but we'd really like that to be codified in law. Yeah. Not just up to the description of the police department or the police chief. Mm -hmm. So they're calling on the city council to come up with what they call like a surveillance ordinance. And they have model legislation that they've gotten cities to adopt, uh, city councils uh, to adopt, to regulate this kind of stuff. Everything from license plate readers Mm -hmm. to facial recognition software to street lamp cameras. And it basically just says, if you're going to roll this out, there needs to be a lot of checks and balances in place. There needs to be a robust public dialogue to make sure everyone is comfortable and aware of the technology before it gets rolled out. And places like San Francisco, mm-hmm. Seattle, Berkeley, Oakland, they've adopted this these kind of rules. And now these groups, the ACLU and EFF, are saying, San Diego, you know, you really got to do this. You really got to put some rules in place if you're going to have a surveillance, um, a suite of surveillance technology mm-hmm. this expansive in place. And is there anyone within the city that's kind of partnering with them and leading the charge, or has no one really responded from the city yet? Uh, there are responses. Um, I would say leading the charge might be a little strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monica Montgomery, uh, who is the District 4 representative on the city council, has been the most vocal. She is also the chair of the Public Safety Committee. And she has said that she's open to discussing this. Mm-hmm. Um, the police department did make a presentation in front of the public safety committee, but there wasn't any talk about drafting an ordinance. We reached out to the mayor's office. He declined to comment, but they a spokesperson did send over a memo that said they are in the process of drafting rules. Mm-hmm. So what you know we'll see if that pans out. So no real time frame, but at least there's something happening, right? Well, the the police yes, but the police department is and the city jointly are going around to different neighborhoods and doing um, public awareness workshops to let mm-hmm. people know about the rules that are in place, how these are being used, that no one's monitoring this stuff twenty four seven, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the idea is they're going to gather all this community feedback and then they're going to incorporate this into a larger dialogue that could eventually get to the point of drafting an ordinance, you know. Mm -hmm. And do you have a sense of how safely protected this data is? Because what's to stop a hacker from writing a script that just pulls all this information before it gets deleted and storing it someplace? Right. I mean, if criminals got access to this information, it would be bad. You could use it to plot crimes. You could use it in myriad ways, right? And the police department acknowledges this. The city acknowledges this. They say that the vendor, uh, General Electric, GE, has their own cybersecurity and that so far there have been no breaches of, of this material. But so it far. is a big – yeah, it's a big issue. And both groups, EFF and ACL – you raise this as a major concern that, mm-hmm. you know, they think people should be aware of. 
Yeah, and the way the vendor sold this with the idea of kind of using 5G and the Internet of Things to make our lives easier, do you see the city investing into building those kinds of things? Because this is not really a free market type solution. No one's going to make a ton of money creating an app that tells you where to park. The city's probably going to have to put money behind it. Do you think they will? Uh, not not while Faulkner's in office, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's riding out the last of this, of, of his term here. He's got many things to do. I don't see a big investment in this, but the next person could come come forward and do it. I mean, if they really wanted to invest mm-hmm. in the use of the metadata that they're collecting, I mean, they would have done it over the last three years, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a... where we are now, and it's kind of sitting on the shelf. I mean, it seems like maybe some developer could step forward with some big idea about how to use it, but it probably will be the next administration will have to make that decision. Um, I could be wrong. You know, who knows? Maybe the city will surprise us and say, actually, this metadata is really valuable. We're going to use it tomorrow and we're going to do X, Y, and Z, but we haven't seen a huge commitment to using it in mm-hmm. any way. Yeah, We're only just really finding out about it now mm-hmm. after people have raised privacy concerns about the way the police have, have had access to it. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh yes, and we also have to tell the public that we have this other program, this metadata program, and that it could be useful in some way in the future. Mm-hmm. All right. Josh Emerson-Smith, thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. In other news, A combination of tariffs and tech problems have derailed a plan for e-bikes in several North County cities. The company Gotcha was supposed to deploy 500 bikes in Encinitas, Solana Beach, and Del Mar, but now that's not happening. The company said supply chain issues has made making the bikes in time impossible, as well as some internal software problems. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. You can also listen to Hot Lava, our Padres podcast. Union Tribune sports editor Jay Posner and baseball beat writer Kevin Acey talk about the team's ups and downs, comings and goings. Look for it on your podcast app or go to uniontrip.com slash hotlava. Until next time.